Wow, who is Margot? So Margot, I think, is an attitude. That's what Margot is. Margot is like an attitude about just being content with yourself, but still being a bit extra. That was Navi Carr, the founder and designer of the brand, who is Margot. And in today's episode, Navi shares her journey in fashion, the importance of mindfulness in entrepreneurship, and her newfound passion in cryptocurrency. And I'm your host, May Stegdoni. Hey. Hi. Hi. Can you hear me? I can hear you and now I can see you. <laughs> good, good. Well, that's, that's the main point that you can yes. hear me, but you know. And you look so gorgeous. I love the glow. Thank you. You know, it's all about the lighting here. So I was working with that today. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm not going to lie. I had my, my friend told me about the light, the ring light, like the mini one. Yeah, and in the beginning, and I was like, oh my God, I need to get it. But I've just been messing around with it. Like I cannot seem to make it work sometimes. So I'm like, whatever. We'll just use natural light. Yeah. But you know, that's the same thing with me. So my phone is now on a stand with a ring light, but that ring light tend to like really uh, get to me. So I can't like focus on anything. So I was like, okay, you know what? Same here. Natural light. Yeah. Well, natural that's light. the best way. And natural yeah. beauty. I'm so excited to have you on board. Navi. I'm so excited to be asked to talk about. This is all I want to talk about yes. all the time. And, so, and the sad part is my friends are like, oh my God, you should get someone to talk about it. And you gave me this invitation and I was like, perfect timing. Why not? The universe not? works in mysterious ways. Now I'm so excited. I'm easily thinking about how I first met you. Um, oh, yeah. And I started thinking about that even at, when I ran into you at the store. Um, and it just like came to mind, like it was ages ago. And I think it was when I was first starting out exploring my entrepreneurial journey and like diving into different things. And I think I was doing photos at that time. Yeah. And I remember seeing and I thought, oh my gosh, she has such a dope style. Like that was oh. my thing. I was like, I want to take pictures of her and like, I want to get to know you. Um, and I still have that picture, by the way. No way. I do, I do. <laughs> and it was because I had this favorite coat on and it was like, yeah. You know, whenever I go into H&M, I'm like, I should just put my career on hold and just try to do something else. And it was one jacket from H&M as well. And uh, yeah, I still got the picture, but you were a really oh, good photographer. Thank you. That mm -hmm. means so much. That means so much to me. But I'm so excited to have you here. And I feel like we can talk about everything and anything, but I really want to hone in on you being like an entrepreneur, your brand, but also, of course, something that we're both passionate about, which is mindset, because I think that's yeah. very, very important in the entrepreneurial journey. So I just want to dive straight in and like, I would love for you to tell us who is Margot? Wow. Who is Margot? So Margot, I think, is an attitude that we came up with. And I think it's a really big story behind it as well, because uh, um, you know, as always, a young girl wants to like make her own brand and stuff. So when I was younger, instead of like drawing houses and cars, I tend to make like miniature ladies with really big rat heads and like really detailed clothes on them. So that's what I was drawing. And so um, I think Margot is like this alter ego that everyone, I feel that everyone should have. It's an attitude that everyone should have. It's like this... Um, over glamorous really sure of herself or himself because you know it's like both feminine and 
both um, masculine uh, attitudes. So, and we all tend to have that. It's like this balanced um, attitude you want to wear with any, every, anything and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we thought, okay, what is the thing that can make people feel well about themselves, especially when it came to COVID? We were actually trying to make clothes to begin with, but since COVID hit, we were like, okay, so what is it that will make people feel like a bit extra every day while they're working mm-hmm. on remote office? Uh, and it came to us, it, it was jewelry. Um, and also because I had some really old pairs of earrings I, uh, I inherited from my, my nanny mom, my grandma. She just tend to buy all that, you know, all kind of uh, Eastern gold. But I had some really um, lovely earrings I like kept to my heart and we were like, okay, so let's try to make something that is both in touch with our heritage which is Indian, and also something that is really glammed up, but mm. also something that is wearable as well. So I think that's what Margot is. Margot is like an attitude about just being content with yourself, but still being a bit extra. Mm. And as every person has their own meaning of what their extra is or what their um, best way of uh, bringing themselves is, uh, we have so many different models that we show. We show like things that are a bit extra like this. Those are like fresh, uh, pearl, um, sorry, fresh water pearls. And then we have some simple things like this or custom made things. So it depends what's your, your extra go-to, you know? So I yeah, really love that. And when you were talking about like just being extra, one of the things that I have constantly thought about, like when it comes to the Nordic fashion scene, is that it is not extra enough. And this is like coming from someone like I used to live in London and I would yeah. love how women would dress up, even going to the coffee shop, exactly. the makeup, the hair, mm. the jewelry, mm. the clothes. Yeah. And you get here and it's all like white, black, gray, uh, sometimes white, I don't know the color. <laughs> Oh, oh girl. Beige, right? Um, but mm-hmm. it's so interesting. How do you feel then? Who is Margot? Do you feel like in what way does it stand out here? And um, how has you have, have you in a way sort of presented it to the fashion scene in Oslo being that it needs desperate need of some spark of extraness? Well, the funny part is we haven't presented it as well as we should have done because of COVID mm-hmm. and and also because my entrepreneurial um, thoughts is that it's better to go a bit slower than go out and show things that you have no control over and also for me it's um for me it's been more um and i've got a lot of like i have my sisters and my friends are like yapping about that we should like put it out there do more pr and stuff Uh, but for me it's been really um how do i say it it's all about giving the customer something that they want because first Mm. Firstly, yes, I am a designer, but firstly, I am a salesperson. So I know that trading between money and trading between what a person uh, really um, is showing the money for and exchanging the money for. So for me, it's always been about the the product, the service. And when I think that, okay, now we're extra enough to actually show it out there and uh, which we are going to do now with our new projects, we're, we're definitely going to do that. 
uh, for me, it's really important to go a bit slower and know mm. uh, that you have control over your products. It's better to like, if you go into our Instagram, you have like one, what, 107 people, which is like nothing on Instagram right now, but those 107 people buy things repeatedly all the time mm. and and just to make that wheel go round gives me so much love and and it encourages me because i know okay so i'm making something that those 107 people use you know a lot of money on and frequently it's not like okay i'll buy something in half a year or, or things like that but when it comes to the fashions in here in norway i think we have like changed tremendously when it comes to uh, when I was first like a blogger and uh, and worked as a um, as an influencer before it, it, that was a thing, mm. and uh, it's all about social media and it's all about um, <laughs> that we are more open to creativity. Uh, and you know you don't have to be one or know one of the big fashion houses or know the big PR teams to actually build something creative. Um, but you have to be motivated and, um, and that's like where the mindfulness comes in. Um, because it's so hard to be motivated when you're seeing everyone doing something, um, mm. creative or, or, you know, and nowadays everyone are talking about, or especially on TikTok, people are annoyed that everyone is stealing their content because <laughs> it's so easily to stimulate, to be honest. Right now, I think Norway is in crazy shift when it comes to um I, I mean just look at your own instagram you will see so many creative colorful people but then it's all about how do you manage to keep your creativity or how do you keep your cool or mm. or how do you manage to not be ripped off by you know your best friend <laughs> so that was actually so a very good uh, sort of segue into there's two things i would love to learn more about you is that you did yeah. mention you started as a blogger yeah. way back when sort of like being an influencer wasn't really a thing no. um my question is what got what got you into blogging and, and fashion like what is it about it that really sparks your creativity and your passion yeah. and your why behind what you do also today how yeah. is that all connected <laughs> i think my why at that time was mainly that I wanted to create a world for myself and now when you talk about it you I kind of just manifested all that stuff you know I drew all these pretty ladies instead of drawing cars or you know houses and stuff like that or like a new backyard it was all about how I could give more power to the woman mm. I was creating or to the women I was working for so and yeah I, I am raised by a single mom so it's all about like um, giving power to the women through clothes. That was more my thing. So, and I also think that your clothes actually uh, tell a story about you before you open your mouth. Mm. It tells about how you're thinking. It tells about how you um, pursue life. It shows how you are pursuing your own life. And that's also something really funny because as my mindset shifted, the more my style shifted as well. It's, uh, it's more definitely more about quality than quantity. Um, but at that time, it was actually trying to make my own, trying to manifest my own life mm. in that manner I was seeing here. And it kind of 
kind of happened. I I didn't know that there were any PR houses or or the fashion scene was that big starting out. Uh, but yeah, you know, when you you work with what you love, and that's something I think generally that things just add up and and doors just open up. Yeah, like right now we're talking about mindfulness and we're talking about. That's another segue or portal to people who needs to hear this today, you know? And I definitely see a red thread through all this. Like, that's why I was thinking about how I met you, like, and how I was trying out my photography or my passion for photography. And I was like, this is what I want to do. And then I was like, no, this is not what I want to do, but I do want to create in some shape or form. And it's funny how now we're here both doing our own thing, but still mm. doing like stuff in, in a creative aspect, but still having the mindfulness and mindset and spirituality as well in what we do. How do you feel your mindset has shifted from being a blogger and I would say like an influencer back in the day mm -hmm. and now where you transform to a business owner, an entrepreneur, an entrepreneur individual what are some of the challenges that you have faced i would say like mentally like emotionally in that journey that you felt like you had to really work on to become who you are today and what you're doing today oh a lot i can i can tell you that but we can start with the single one is that yeah when i was like a blogger or an influencer and also like a fashion judge writing for often boston and telling people what to wear. I think you put yourself in such a nice high high horse that you kind of think that, okay, you only work out of creativity, which is like, of course, a dream job for a person who loves creativity. But mm -hmm. what um, I get right now is as an entrepreneur, um, entrepreneurial person is I'm more grounded maybe, mm. or, or not maybe, I, I definitely know I'm more grounded because when you're an entrepreneur, you actually work with people. You, and mm. first, when you start as a salesperson, like when people ask me what I do, I never tell them that I'm a fashion designer or a designer, to be honest. I tell them that I'm, I'm a salesman, I'm a salesperson. And uh, the reason I call myself that is because I feel I'm more to service to people when I work for them, mm. even though um, like I own my own company and stuff like that, but I'm still like working for people. I'm still making things for people. I'm still making things that they will love. They, they will have um, tremendous joy over uh, and that transaction helps me being what I am today, which mm. is owning my own company. So actually we are just, I don't think there is any um, difference between a mindfulness coach or a salesperson or a person who works in like in, as a flight attendant or as a finance advisor because we are all working for each other. That was something that clicked in, but, but that clicked in, I think, through uh, meditation and when I put myself out of that, when I just try, was trying to find myself really, because after mm. a while, with, you kind of get fed up by fashion even though I work with it. I love the creative part, but mm. the only reason I'm doing it is because I love to work with people. I think that is like my why and I love sales. I love to be uh, service to people. Yeah, that's definitely my why. I love that you mentioned service. I feel like that's something that shifted for me as well when I was starting my coaching business, because in yeah. my mind, I used to say, 
I don't want to come off too salesy. I don't want to sound because my story of what a salesman looked like, sounded like, was someone who would sort of manipulate you to give you what you want, but it's actually for them. And I remember during a coaching session that I had, my coach at that time was like, let's challenge that story that you have. How about seeing it as you're coming off service because you're serving someone and that's what a salesperson does. And I was like, ding, 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 ding. I was like, that is so true. And once I let that all go, everything, the whole, as you said, transaction went so smoothly because you think I'm doing this out of service and I have to show up as my best self and I have to do my best to make that customer happy, whether that's in a coaching session, Mm -hmm. a freaking email, they're going to get the most cutest email. I still like emojis. Um, and even the shopping experience. One of the things I'm curious about is along your journey as an entrepreneur and creating that shift in your life, how have you dealt with insecurities and sort of like doubt that has might have showed up in, in your life? How do you deal with those sort of setbacks? And that's, that's why I love the time you invited me uh, to this talk because it's so perfect. And that's what I was saying that everything just lines up when you try to work with something out of love. For me, it's been, I think, I never think about that I, I'm having an insecurity when it comes to my work. I, I, I always think that it's something I have to work on when it comes to myself, because um, I don't know, this is a major way of thinking that shifted my life is that I am having, like I'm a spiritual being who is having physical experience. Mm-hmm. So for me, um having insecurities or or doing bad in my business that just seems so little that doesn't seem like a big thing because Mm. for me it's life itself that is the big journey you know and that took me years and years and years to understand uh but it's definitely helped to meditate and here is like my annoying speech when it comes to meditation which I am so sure all my friends here on in, on our live right now have heard a lot about. It's that when you, when I meditate, I create a space between me and the reality. Mm. And so, you know, when I was younger, and as every person who doesn't meditate, we react to everything that happens in our life. And this mindfulness and meditation wasn't that popular and it wasn't like a pop culture to begin with for like 10 years ago. So our Mm. really young millennials are so used to like doing their laundry on social media, me self-included when I was younger, is because everything was so, um, you were feeling everything on your chest. Like Mm. you were reacting to everything and we thought to voice out everything which is good in a manner, in a manner, because sometimes you have to voice out things to to make a shift, but but just that was a good thing to do. But we we kind of forget that whatever we say, we are actually manifesting it in a way. So for me, it was about just understanding to make myself less vulnerable by meditation, and I think. Meditation happened in a sense where I have a I have a mentor myself who was like, "Girl, you gotta calm down. You gotta start meditate." And so mm. um, I started meditating, and that gave me like this pause between me and reality, so I could just see, okay, so what is really not working for me? 
Mm. Um, but something that I learned um, as as the years uh, went by was that you can't just meditate and expect everything to be okay because mm. that pause between you and reality kind of gives you it gives you room to think, but it's up to you to actually steer yourself to which direction you want to go to. Mm. I love that so much. I was about yeah. to say preach because I'm very on being in action and i think yeah. sometimes when people talk about let's say for example the law of attraction and how it has sometimes been sort of showcased on social media mm. it's as if sit in a corner leg cross close your eyes breathe and then if you want a thousand dollars it will come like that which i think sometimes it could happen oh um, definitely <laughs> definitely but i'm very also on like taking action and not just yeah like, just being still and I'm very on exploring as well, exploring our passions, exploring the stories that we keep telling ourselves and even daring to walk away from things that doesn't work for us. Again, I mentioned photography. I still do it from time to time, but it's not something I pursue. Would you say there's things along your journey that you sort of like started as an entrepreneur and you thought that this is something I would love to keep doing, but then on that journey, you're like, mm, actually, this is not the right path for me. I need to do this. Oh, definitely. Um, so I think my whole like fashion career has been like that. Mm. Uh, but at that time, I, I didn't think I was so in tune that, um, and I, sorry, the reason why I think the reason why you stopped like doing photography full time was maybe um, you have this craving for doing something else, doing something more and uh, that you were like, okay, I've done this. I love this, but there's something more out there. There's mm. something more out there. There's something. And I think our inner being, which is like our deep down inside, our best friend, tells us or drags us in that, what can I say, um, the right corner in a way where you have to yeah. go. Uh, so for me, it was like that all the time. I started as a blogger and then I went to be a stylist and then I styled people, went through like all the superstars um flew all around the world cool very good but when i was talking to people who wasn't working with fashion um i was kind of being looked in a funny way because they were like oh so you work with clones mm. so i think just that triggered me so much that i was like okay uh, and i wasn't particularly really, really good at school to be honest i um, i love like all that fun stuff science and stuff like that social science and stuff like that but I was not like a biology kind of girl <laughs> when I was Same. growing up. Yeah, right? <laughs> so I, I know I had chemistry and biology and I ended up asking my lecturer, I was like, but why is this like this? Why, why is this formal? That's where mm. you, yeah, why is this like this? And he was like, but it's supposed to be like that. It's easy. You use this mm. method and this is the answer. And I was like, but why? Uh, so I think it's been like that for my whole career. I worked as a stylist. I worked as a PR person. Um, I've launched people when it comes to their artist careers. Uh, I've worked uh, with uh, event production for big fashion shows through also mm. Fashion Week. And I think also that um, my inner being was just like pulling me to learn everything. And I had no particular idea that I will start a fashion brand um which is by the way just like eight months old and i had no idea or i felt i will do it but i think you just know and i think we're just having either way what your career is what is the most fulfilling thing is that you are feeling stimulated in your life mm. like for me it's so so important to be 
uh, not physically, but, uh, but uh, mentally stimulated. And the more I went into this mindfulness, like I cannot have small talk. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I have no idea what, yeah. maybe I'm talking so much because it's about myself now so I just got a whole hour from you but but I cannot have small how are you with that yeah it depends like to be honest if I'm standing at a food restaurant or stop and I'm waiting yeah. for to buy myself <laughs> something I don't mind having like conversation regarding what's happening around us yeah. I love to talk to strangers so uh, when I was living in London, like taking the tube or the bus, I would literally, if someone was holding a book that I liked or had seen, I would literally go and sit next to them and be like, oh, what are you reading? Um, but that's what like, like another about kind it? of small talk, yeah. It is. But for me, I think like I just enjoy those small things from time to time. But if I am at a party and there's small talk or if it's a networking event and there's small talk, that really I can do that. me. I can do that. I really suck at it because I just feel like we're here, like we're all at a certain event for a certain reason, especially there's a title for the event. And then here you are talking about something that is not even about anything. Yeah. Um, so sometimes I can be, it, it depends to be honest, it really depends. But I am very curious um, and I want to switch gears for a tiny minute. In what way do you feel like your identity as a woman and a woman of color has shaped your business oh um that's a mouthful um how would shape my business that's a really nice question because i felt uh, exactly how to position myself as a colored person working in another uh, company as well before i started to work for myself was um, so important for me to think about and, and i love that you brought that up on uh, your one of your podcast episodes where you have to own your uh, um, professionalism. Yeah. I love that episode. And I could read, no, but really, I could really um, uh, tune to it. Firstly, because I'm a first generation woman from India. Uh, my mom and my dad came here in the, uh, in the 90s, 80s and 90s. And yeah, how is it to, uh, to live with that diversity? Uh, first, to grow up with that diversity of two cultures and feel mm -hmm. home with both of them. I think, um, firstly, it's weird that it takes you 18 years to just feel comfortable with your identity growing up, that you are both Norwegian and Indian, in my mm -hmm. case. But then you start working for, I was working for a, a Danish uh, clothing company. And, um, and that was so weird because uh, at that time, I was more creative. I was wearing like more ripped jeans, stuff like that. And, and, and we're actually really good at my work when it comes to PR, it came to sales, stuff like that. But I could see that I could be undermined in mm. like the biggest decisions. And I would now never like put that blame on anyone because uh, firstly, I've never done that. I never put blame on anyone else. Then um, it makes me think, okay, so how am I portraying myself? Mm. Or how can I, how can I deal with this situation? Um, because um, even though we say that racism is there or not, you will, as a colored woman or a man, always have encountered that in some way or another. That's just how it is. So how can you do, how can you work out in the best situation out of it? And that's when I read or I remember uh, Obama's book as well, uh, as Michelle Obama's book as well. So I, I will come back to that later because it's a great point there. But for me, it's 
really been try to understand who I talk with, to be honest, because it's never, it's not always about racism. It's not always about because I'm a woman of color, they can undermine me or, or if I'm saying something that uh, they think is um, unserious because of my color, it's more about how little do they know about me or, mm. or how um, shy are them to try to present themselves as well. Because, hey, mm. can I just say, like, people not of color or more Western people, ethnic Western people, uh, does have that problem that they are um, also a bit um, hesitant about how to communicate and they can't say this word or they can't say this. And is that all right to say or is that okay to say? And I think you just have to find the courage within yourself as well to say, hey, that, that, that's not, not okay. Uh, I feel that mm. I was a bit undermined there, but that doesn't mean that you're always, that uh, your color is like the biggest reason why they're undermining you. But what yeah. I understood from there was that, um, it's not always that, but that's what happened to me. I work with only men and I was like mm. one of the three women who worked there. And when I started to wear more feminine clothes, all my decisions came through. So I won't say that that will happen to everyone, but for me, it was like when a woman has a clear voice, a strong voice, I think we just um, give men too much credit. <laughs> we just mm. we forget that they can also be hesitant talking to you or they can also be like insecure about things like, hey, we're, we're people, we're human, everyone. So um, if I can make someone feel at ease um, through my clothing or through my communication, just to make them understand me better for the bigger picture, of course, I am happy with doing that. Mm. So when it comes to uh, a woman of color doing my own thing, I think my resume speaks for me more than uh, I'm doing right now. <laughs> well, uh, I'm really good at speaking as well. But I think it's it's more um, what you've done and what you are capable of doing that gives you this ease um, to just enhance obstacles, even though mm. you're a woman of color. Like people think it's weird that I jump from fashion to mindfulness to crypto. Um, mm. I am now making a course for women, um, which is about learning more about um, Web3, NFTs, uh, and crypto and how to invest money uh, and more than that just giving them the fish I teach them how to fish mm. um, and that too is like weird for people to understand but but um, I think I'm really persuasive I have this um, way of understanding other people before uh, I want them to understand me yeah you're also very good at which uh, something I admire about you is it sounds like when you feel like there is a calling or you have an interest in something you yeah. do sort of follow that without waiting to ask for anyone's permission um, or acceptance of what you're doing yeah and but I but, sorry love, go ahead sorry, I just want to say that I love that you're doing the crypto nft stuff um because i'm become more aware and like more on that we need more women in this space oh definitely um, and to learn from it from someone else especially another woman just to feel like 
there's this understanding of it. But I'm very curious, what got you into crypto and F NFTs? Yeah, that is something I just started now recently, uh, some months ago. But the course was like something I thought about for like one and a half, almost two months ago. And the reason I started crypto and, and NFTs and to teach people about Web3, especially women, is because they think it's so bloody hard. But it's actually not. It's so How simple. Exciting. That's exactly what it is. I think we tend to sexualize and generalize things. We're like, okay, no NFTs and GameStop and and all that Elon Musk are talking about. All uh, now, all these weird Bitcoins, crypto currencies. There, there must be something so um, hard with understanding that or complicated to understand that. But it's really not. It's just how you put yourself and, and the ease you give yourself um, to just understand things. Uh, and mostly when I, I wrote on this group on the Hey Girl, which is like a girls group where all, I think all Norway's like, like girls are there and they're like exchanging, um, inviting people uh, into their parties or yeah, I'll, I'll invite you on that one. So you can just write something and you'll find like like-minded girls that can oh like God. go on partying with you or go to a festival or just become friends. Right. So I wrote there, I was like, okay, hi, is it someone who um, would love to nerd about crypto? Because frankly, I didn't know that many girls. And so I got a huge amount of people who um, really wanted to get into it, but didn't know how, or, or, mm. or people uh, thought it was, it was hard or, you know, and I was like, if I can do it, <laughs> if I can understand how this, this is going. Uh, and that's the same thing when I took finance year as well, that you understand that um, fashion, business, everything that um, we have created goes in a cycle. Mm -hmm. Everything comes back. Fashion trends come back. Um, the way the world economy looks comes back. We have economy cracks. We have, uh, you know, um, we have currency cracks, you name it. And yeah. it's just about being, um, just being observant. Mm -hmm. But how can you observe things when you're, you're not giving yourself and your reality a space to observe it? I love that. That's well said. Thank you. I Thank should have you. written that down. I really like that. How can you observe so for me, if you don't give your space to, to create it. and exist? Yeah. So as I told you, I was never a really top student and, and everything that like, I was really reactive to things. I was reactive to people, to things, how things were going because I wasn't giving myself the space. Mm -hmm. um, and first, when you give yourself the space and you choose your words, you choose to become yourself wisely in a space of peace, y you kind of get more focused. Like I could never thought of starting a, a crypto course for women uh, or start something big, a big company for myself, which is, you know, uh, <laughs> knock on wood, going all right. Um, or, or work in sales and talk to thousands of people. But I think it's all about grounding yourself uh, and giving yourself that space um, mm. to just be who you are before you're trying to, you know, become the next CEO or become the next Elon Musk. 
Um, mm. And I think that had helped me a lot to ground myself as well. And that's why I'm in sales to begin with, because um, we're just helping each other. I love yeah. that. Thank you. On the talk on, you know, well-being and grounding yourself, do you have any rituals or routines that you feel like every time you do these, you just feel like Navi 2.0? Oh, definitely. Definitely. So what I do, I, I need my caffeine. So I'm not a nice mm. person before I get that. <laughs> I even don't know my name before I get my caffeine, to be honest. And after that, I go on and go to the corner of my bed, which is like the corner I meditate in. So over the years, I started meditating in 2017. And that was like, um, yeah, I was 25. You know, the midlife crisis you have when you're 25. You're trying to like rebuild yourself in a way. <laughs> Uh, so I think my meditation has grown a lot as I have grown as well. And um, my med and through those years, I have actually made uh, a lot of meditative courses as well that can help you with, you know, insecurities, um, overcome traumas, both overcome traumas uh, help you with self-love because we think that self-love is all about, you know, putting on nice jewelry, which it is, <laughs> but we're more about like, uh, treating yourself, buying expensive things. Okay, but when, when that interest is not there, where is the self-love going then? And mm. why do you need that self-love? Like in Harvard Business Review, just came out with a new, because I do tend to read that as well, uh, came out with a new research about how to build good habits. And what makes me think is like, good habits are never built just because you can build them, just you start with them. They are built with a functioning, healthy, non-traumatic mindset. Mm. So how do you motivate a mindset that has gone through trauma, that has gone through like being worn out with their career or life or relationships, you name it, right? And that's where meditation comes in for me. So through the years, I have done a lot of different meditation courses that have, have um, made and helped my friends go over their traumas as well. So for me, it's mm -hmm. more about trying to sit still with myself and try to steer myself in that kind of direction I want to go. So I have affirmations I tell myself right after I've meditated. Because when mm -hmm. you meditate, you still your mind. There is no, yeah. he did this, she did this, life is doing this, or oh my God, I have to reach to that email, I have to do this, I, I have so many people to talk to. It's all about you being in the center of yourself and spending time with yourself and just resetting that mm. Mac you are, <laughs> that Apple Mac you are, or just resetting yourself and trying to um, direct yourself as the person you want to be, the qualities mm. you want to have. I love that you say so directing. That's how I see and use meditation as well. It's like, it's a grounding piece for me. Or sometimes if I'm, I used to be like a master or my mind, used to be such a like I used to have such a monkey mind it was such an issue mm, yeah and I see same. an issue an issue at everything that I did um and like such high anxiety even like panic attacks so same, meditation same. <laughs> became like a, a compass like an anchor more of a mm -hmm. compass actually it just grounded me so much and it really helped me to tune into observing and just being and being okay with being not okay um, and have it as an anchor to like, let's, let's come back, let's be here. And then as you said, where do I want to go? What's yeah. good for me? Yeah. And even having that conversation 
which my friend, a friend of mine ran me the other day. She's like, just ask yourself, what do you need right now? And I love that. Like why I'm meditating is just asking myself, what do I need right now? Is it a hug? Is it a compliment? Do I need yeah. to cry? Do I need to vent? Um, yeah. And sometimes I, I go to totally the gym do. and then like, that's like the solution of everything. <laughs> exactly. But um, I would just uh, like to um, say something to that, that I think people often think that when you meditate, everything just goes away. Mm. and the trauma goes away you become this new person you do nothing wrong and because you're spiritual and you meditate you can't do anything wrong yeah. but the thing is that what i would really like to say now while i have the stage is that when you meditate it as you said it grounds you it gives mm. you that space to take action but it also pushes you to um take action from the space you're directing yourself from. Mm. But that doesn't mean that um, you, all your trauma or all your uh, bad habits will just go away. It just is a way of directing yourself to the life you want. And it's so funny, I went to Australia now and I was talking to um, my brother-in-law's friend and he, he was never a really religious guy, but now he was like, having this turban, turban and this beard and he was having a beer. And for me, it's like, okay, because you know, we rest nice, we drink and everything. And I, I think he felt to justify something, but what he said was so profound. It was like, what I've understood Nabi is that just because you believe in something bigger than yourself, doesn't mean that all of your bad things vanishes at once. And at that point he was talking about alcohol, which I, I think, he was really feeling insecure about that. But mm. for me, it was more about that everything does not vanish away. You have to take one step at a time. And that's what that. every, right? That's like with everything we do. It's um, everything takes time and everything takes time to, to, um, to digest mm. um, mentally. And, and, and with uh, that, it's saying also that it's okay that it takes time. I think a lot of people can feel the rush, especially with social media. And yeah. rush to like execute and put it out there and even at time the pressure to showcase that you're doing something just so it seems like you're doing something yeah but i love what you're saying there and also going back to what you said earlier about how you're just slowing down with your business and you're taking it slow because you want to build a following but also a community of quality individuals who are more than happy to buy everything that you put out there who are like high fan base basically of everything that you do before we wrap up i would love to get your opinion and like your two cents on what's your favorite aspect of being an entrepreneur like if you give two or three things that you really love about being an entrepreneur wow um what i love firstly working with people and that's so funny i was telling a friend of mine that the person you see on social media and the person i really am <laughs> are two different people the person mm -hmm. i really am is like a homebody that reads a lot meditates a lot just binge watches a lot uh, but the person i am on social media is also because i love what i do i i work with like mindfulness now i'm writing a book on mindfulness uh, and all about i've done from 2016 uh, and like my teachings when it comes to meditation and how you can overcome that uh, from an energy basis more than a physical basis and how to mm. do stuff instead of how to feel and how to 
overcome your trauma, but definitely people are the first thing that um, wakes me up in the morning and I want, want to work for them, even though I'm working for myself. Uh, secondly is, I have like three things. Can I, can I mention three things? Yes, go on. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> the second thing is that I have to um, push myself every day mm. and I feel that I become a better person every day because if I don't know enough, then I can't lead people and I can't mm. lead my customers either. So for me, it's all about pushing myself all the time. And me and my mom was just talking about that <laughs> today, that what is grief really? Mm. Like what is grief? Like what is being annoyed or grief or having a hard life? Like our parents came here and like my mom can always say like, yeah, you know, I had, I had a hard life. I, your dad passed away and stuff like that, which I get, I could never like raise two kids on my own. I, can't even raise my dog alone. So, so, right. But, but it's grief happens when it's complicated for you to digest the things around you. Mm. When you can't be, um, when you can't be proactive to the things that's happening around you, that's mm. when you feel the grief. But I think also grief is so inevitable. It helps you to grow. And if you're not feeling, um, uncomfortable, you will never grow. 100%. So I think grief happens either uh, if you're not doing the right thing or if you are doing the right thing. Mm. So, so the best part is just to push yourself through it and just hope for the best. So that's what I do every day. And the third thing is just um, I've worked for so many people and I don't want to be, I don't want to be in a room where I'm the smartest. And I think that's what pushes me to learn new things. I'm not afraid of asking, oh, but why is that? I can ask the most dumbest questions ever. And, yeah. and it doesn't matter because it just helps me to grow. But I think it's just, um, I think I'm, I'm really afraid of being um, standing still. Mm. So that's what I love about entrepreneurship, that you can't stand still. Mm. It's like an endless uh, journey of exploration. And throughout that exploration, you learn so much as well. I totally agree. And that's what life is as well. You can't yeah. stand still in your life. If you do, you'll just end up being older than you are. I love that so much. Thank you so Thank much you. for sharing your time, your journey. And I feel like we can talk for hours, even if so oh, much more to dig into. I feel into. like I've done the talking today, but thank you. Thank <laughs> no, you for I giving me that you. opportunity. If anyone would like to find who is Margot and your personal page, where can they find you? Yeah, so um, you can come into my Instagram account, which is Navraj K. Do you know which? Well, they'll find through this conversation, and you can also find who is Margot, which is on Instagram. Uh, but it, when it comes to my upcoming book. Um, I have like a really nice link tree on my, on my profile. So what I'm going to do is I write five articles about uh, self-evolvement and mindfulness and stuff like that. And hopefully if you guys find anything interesting, I think you'll read it there. And uh, yeah, I'll thank you for the talk. I really appreciate your time. It's, and um, I appreciate you and this new journey that we're both on. And yeah, I can't wait to see you in real life soon, hopefully, and just catch up and chill. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I, I love what you're doing. Like, I just have to say that. And I mm -hmm. hope this podcast, I, I listen to it every time. And I kind of tagged you a couple of times as well, because I, I mean that you as a colored 
but also as a woman and also as a spiritual um, coach and a lifestyle coach. Um, you show new ways of how to, you know, the things we are going through as the first generation and also for the upcoming generation as well. So I just want to thank, thank you, you so for much. That. No, that I just really want to take the time. Thank you for that. Thank yeah. you.